0: Welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Got a project to plug or want to sponsor the podcast? Hit me up! Speaking of, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Hannah Spearman founded Nails for Queens in 2016 at the urging of Gilda Wabba and Gina Tonic who were eager to take advantage of her mad nail art skills. Hannah's nails have been worn all over the world from Israel to Switzerland. They have appeared in photo shoots and music videos and on national television. They have even occasionally gotten lost up some twink's ass. Hannah does not endorse recommend fisting with nails but she knows you gotta live your best life so just try to be careful check her out on instagram at nails for queens nyc to learn more about the thrilling possibilities of Be stoke press on nails for queens of all kinds and as always follow us on twitter follow me on instagram at michael blog talk and visit theaterthenow.com for the latest news reviews and interviews There's only one way you can describe my next guest: superb. Say hello to the superb Andy Starling.
1: Hello, hi, how, Michael. How are you? I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm good. Um, for our listeners, this will be coming out after the fact, but we are recording on St. Patrick's Day. We are. When we finish, we will both be taking a shot of Jameson to okay, celebrate. That would work, okay? Um, <laughs> because I'm an Irish Jew and I have to like support my heritage and stuff. Yeah, whatever.
1: And I support you, so there, I will take the go. shot and support.
0: Um, I'm very excited to finally sit down and chat with you it's been a long time coming i know but we are going to learn everything there is to know about you
1: oh gosh okay everything oh man let me take a sip of iced coffee
0: yeah well no (laughs) no we need some tea for that oh okay i don't know but everyone's going to learn everything there is to know about andy sterling and they're going to fall madly in love with you oh thank you so we're going to start with the beginning where are you from
1: oh um uh so i was born in north carolina okay um uh, i'm an army brat so we moved around quite a bit so uh, born in North Carolina, um, I, uh, we moved to, to Texas for a year when I went into first grade. Then in second grade, we moved uh, to Washington, D.C., and um, we lived right outside um, in Springfield. And then we moved back to North Carolina, and then we moved down to Florida. So now I was uh, raised in Florida, and then I moved to New York 10 years ago.
0: So, you have a lot of southern roots,
1: I do, sort of, yeah, but, but my parents no, are northern,
0: right, and there's no accent mm-hmm. how how did that happen?
1: um as an army brat, you're you basically are sort of put together there are a lot of um public schools that are um for like the post or the base um or they're like the zone schools. so you are you're interacting with people that are from all over the United States um and there's not really really the only probably influence I had was like teachers, but um. But my mom is from Pennsylvania. My dad was born in Michigan. So
0: So you don't say y'all all the time.
1: I don't say... I think I've, I... When I go back, I, um, I hear it a little more than I did when I was actually living among it. Because um, New York is the only place in the North that I've lived. Um, it's actually the longest place I've lived now. Considering that I moved every couple of years. And then when I was in um, Florida... Uh, I was there for like middle school, high school, and then I moved to Tallahassee for college. Um, but yeah, so.
0: So where did you go to college?
1: Florida State University. FSU. FSU. What was that like? Oh my gosh. What was it like? Um, were you a party animal? uh, well, I guess sort sort of, (laughs) but not like I was a theater kid, you know, party animal. Like I would go to like theater parties, and I'd buy a $5 bottle of Andre Spamante, oh God. and that would be my, like, drink for the night, you know, it's terribly classy, and I'm just, like, drinking one of the bottle, but, um, yeah, it was, like, I think it was at one point, I don't know if it still is, it was, like, rated the number one, or number two party school in the nation, um, but, uh... I don't
0: know, after all those scandals, who knows? Anything.
1: Yeah, who knows? Um, but it was, it was interesting, it was, like, it was a lot of fun, there was, um, <laughs> there was a house that was, um, called the House of Chaos, that was, like... It was across the street from the theater, the Fine Arts Building, and it was always kind of just kept in the family of theater students. Okay, so yeah. So the parties there were amazing, and like it was always just like when one person moved out, they would try to find another theater student yeah. to move in. Yeah,
0: that's how it was in my school. <clears> so there were de- there were locations that people would stay in for mm-hmm. years and years. And like my senior year, we lost one of our big important houses mm. uh, because no one wanted to take it because everyone had their housing already it was devastating
1: yeah I think um I think Florida State eventually like bought that like kicked them out and bought it or like it became a frat house or something it was really sad it was like literally like right on campus like in between the the buildings so it was kind of like unheard of to have this well I love that it was called House of Chaos I don't know why and it was spelled like (laughs) K-A-O-S
0: I don't know that why that's not my like house name (laughs)
1: oh my god yeah when you do drag that's gonna be your house no I already
0: already (laughs) have a house House of Sugar Daddy oh right
1: so, you but, went to school for theater. Mm-hmm. And um, studio art. Oh. Yeah.
0: What? When did you start uh, getting involved in theater as a kid?
1: Oh. Um, I the, My earliest memory is probably, like, seven years old. Um, I, uh, I, I specifically remember um, it was when we moved to Washington, D.C., um, and we did, like, this after-school theater, and then we, like, put on this play... Um, that we wrote and um, performed it, and um, and then from there, I think I was bit because when we moved um, back to North Carolina, I started auditioning for um, for theater there, and I was like, I was, I was like the um, Rachel Berry of uh, of elementary school, like the lead. No, <laughs> um, I mean people. I was a very sweet child, but you know, I was also very. Um, uh, dedicated <laughs> um so uh, it was the, i was the lead in in several Several plays, and I, um, at the the age of nine, I played Scrooge and Scrooge the Musical. Naturally. Um, and I did a British accent that nobody told me to do because I had watched the Albert Finney, um, like tape of the musical. So I guess I was just mimicking, and, um, yeah. And then, um, there's a theater in, um, Fayetteville called the Cape Fear Regional Theater, which people still like it, it yeah. actually does, like, um, do, like, regional work now, but, um, they do a, um, They do a production of the best Christmas pageant ever every single year. And it's, like, literally the same. They put the same formula of, like, people in every single Christmas. And so I did that two or three years in a row where it was, like, yeah, so. Nice. So (laughs) you went to school
0: for theater. And naturally, you have to move somewhere after to pursue theater. Mm -hmm. Why New York out of any city in the world?
1: (laughs) Wow. Um, So I... I moved to New York a, a month after I graduated college. Um, I had actually gone to the, I think it was called the New England Theater Conference. Mm-hmm. And I did that whole, like, mass, you know, um, you you do a monologue for a room full of strangers of, from all of these different programs. Yeah, get maybe
0: one or two callbacks. Exactly,
1: yeah. I got called back to Actors Theater of Louisville, which I really oh. wanted to do. I wanted to do the Apprentice program. Um and I was like, "This is it. This is my next year. I'm doing it." And um, I did not get it, <laughs> um, as with most things that you want in life. Um, and uh, <laughs> <Truth>. <laughs> right, yeah, you didn't know you were getting a dose of truth on St. Patrick's Day. Um, but uh, so that, and then I had like some callbacks for like random things, and then I like after the fact, like I I went home, um, finished finished the school year, graduated, and then I got a couple letters. From like those summer conservatories that were there, like Circle in the square and Stella Adler, and that, you know, they do that whole like congratulations. you you were accepted, blah blah, blah. And at the time, I was like, oh my God, they accepted me. So um I I but I, I was actually like really um eager to have more intensive training because Florida State, when you're a sort of generalized major, you don't get the the hands-on acting training that if you were in a conservatory setting. Right. Um, so, um, I did actually, um, jump at the chance to come to New York, and it was a 10-week program, so it was, um, end of, it started, like, the end of May and went into the beginning of August, or, like, end of July, um, and it was really intense, um, and it was, like, uh, nine classes in condensed into a summer. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was also, like, the best summer of my life, and I moved to New York, and I... When I got here, I was just like, oh my god, like, it actually ma- really made me kind of look back at my time at Florida State and was like, wow, like, this is, like, I was so, like, kind of penned into what I thought college was going to be, and, like, I was just like, well, I, I'm in Florida, and there's in-state tuition, and, like, Florida State's the best th- their school year, so, like, there I am, so I, like, kind of wish in retrospect that I had looked outside of that box, because... When I got to uh, Stella Adler in New York, it was just like, it was literally Dorothy going to like Oz, you know, like everything was in Technicolor. Um, And at the end of the summer, I I vividly remember this conversation with my mom on the phone because I was just supposed to be here for 10 weeks. And I was like, um, I don't think I'm coming home. (laughs) Uh, You found a new home. I did because I I was just like, I just, you know, you can't come to New York for two months and then be like, bye. No, you can't. Um, And I just, it was the first time in my life that I had no obligations to be anywhere or anything you know like yeah. the being an army brat we always had to go somewhere being um a student we always had to be in school and then i was like suddenly free it was yeah, new, york,
0: new york what i like to say is like new york <clears throat> for people is either the stepping stone to the next place mm-hmm. or it's your forever home yeah for me it's my forever home like i can't imagine myself leaving unless there's like a massive opportunity else. Right. like if rupaul's drag race called me and said we want you to write your ch- the challenges because our challenges oh. suck right now i'd be like okay bye i'm going to la <laughs> right. otherwise i there's no reason for me to leave i love it
1: too i much. understand that yeah i'm I'm so like i don't i i'm always i've hit the point where i'm like do i want to leave do i want to stay um i definitely the honeymoon phase is over i am at the this may is actually my 10 10th, 10th year are you gonna have a party I, I want to yeah. I want to have a party. I want to have, like, a New York... Like, a sort of, like, breakfast at Tiffany's, sex in the city, eleganza. So yeah. I th- I'm going to have to call some people to make that happen. Um, But, uh, yeah, so... That's it. <laughs> when did drag enter your life? <sighs> when did it enter my life? Um, For me personally, or, like, my exposure to it? Well, both. Both. Um, I guess at a young age, it's always, like, um, a lot of people... A lot of people remember RuPaul and the Brady Bunch movies. Yes, they do. um, Which is one of my favorite movies from the 90s. Um, I guess... I did... I I definitely, like... I dabbled in um, childhood cross-dressing when um, nobody was looking. Let's just say that. Um, uh, And then when I was in college, um, there were definitely a couple of those, like, Halloween costumes that were, um, that were drag-oriented, and, um, when I did theater, I get, I kept getting cast as people who would, um, either be in a dress or be in, um, heels, or I did, um, uh, are you familiar with the Christopher Durang play, Naomi in the Living Room?
0: I don't know that
1: one. Um, it's a short, it's like a, so there used to be this, um, this, uh, like, student theater, um, festival that was, um, like, short, just short, it was called Small But Fierce, and it was like, they do, like, ten minute plays, it, like, once a month or something, and just like a collection of it, so I was in Naomi in the Living Room, and it's where, um, they go to meet, I played this, like, husband and wife, um that like they go to meet my the the guy i was playing his eccentric mom and then i like excuse myself from the conversation and i come back in dressed exactly like my wife and like mimicking her and stuff okay so i was like i was often cast as that person that came back in and in a dress um and then i did beyond therapy mm-hmm. um and i played the um the scorned lover and the costume designer was like we're going to have you in a bathrobe the entire time that like basically was a like a dress and like, when I was, like, doing my whole, like, I'm leaving you thing, I was like, can I have, like, a bandana and oversized glasses, like, <laughs> or, like, a headscarf, you know, and, like, leave very, like, sort of Jackie O with a suitcase and, like, so there was always, like, this element of, like, camp and drag in, um, what I did when I acted, and then I played Thisbe in Midsummer and Night's Dream twice. Naturally. So, naturally, so, <laughs> there you go. So
0: how would you describe Andy in three words?
1: Oh, um, talkative, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) so Andy in three words, um, mm, um, sensitive, um, sweet, question mark, um, uh, there's a word that I'm trying to think of that's on the tip of my tongue and I can't, um, I guess I'll say hopeful.
0: All right, I like that what is the origin story of your drag name and persona
1: great um (laughs) the origin of andy starling is i watched a documentary on the warhol superstar candy darling and i was so smitten with her um her story she if anybody doesn't know she is she um like i said she was a a Warhol superstar in the late 60s, early 70s, died uh young, unfortunately. And um, but she was uh, transgender and um gorgeous. Like, like she was living in this like 60s like fa- silver factory world, but like fashioned herself as like a 30s movie star. She was obsessed with Kim Novak. Um she was that I don't know, it was like this Norma Jean Marilyn story, and I I really latched onto that idea and I realized that my what really was my hook into like drag and how it relates back to me for gay culture is that idea of reinvention and shedding a past skin and um, everyone having sort of like humble humble beginnings like a very Cinderella story. Um, so, yeah, I I uh, became kind of obsessed with that concept for Andy that she was like this like self invented movie star. Nice. Um. Yeah.
0: How long does it take to transform into Andy?
1: (laughs) Seven days. Um, Seven days? No, I don't know. Like, anywhere from one to five hours. There you go.
0: (laughs) Who are some of your inspirations in drag and theater?
1: Um, Ooh. uh, There's a crossover. Um, My biggest inspiration is Charles Bush. Um, when I was doing Thisbe in Midsummer, the director was like, you have to do Psycho Beach Party at some point. Now I'm, like, over 30. So don't think that's going to happen. But when I was 21 and very thin, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah. So Charles Bush is really my my main inspiration. Um, I love the way, um, he's very deadpan like I am. Like, um, it's all, it's Camp, if you're not familiar with it, He wrote Psycho Beach Party, Die, Mommy, Die, um, Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. Um, but his, like, uh, his whole delivery is like taking taking past like theatrical and um Hollywood tropes and putting them pastiching them into a play and sort of satiring them. But it's it's done as camp but it's done also very straight faced, which makes it hilarious because he is like selling the style. He's not telling you he's not like laughing at it from the outside, right. you know? So that was very big inspiration.
0: What was your first gig and the first lip or song you performed?
1: <laughs> my first gig was almost two years ago um, at Albatross with um, Gilda Wabbit. Uh, I My first number that I performed, I made this mix um, that was, uh, like, it's, it's called my Sing Mix, and it has, um, it's like that uh, Kirsten... what's her name uh kristen wig um that like don't make me sing yeah um mixed with some like american idol uh mary roach mixed with um sing from a chorus line etc etc and then i did let me may brown that was the first time i did that um and that so yeah nice so you were part of the inaugural season of iconic i was yes
0: tell us about your experience
1: oh man that was quite a summer (laughs) that was literally like going to like drag boot camp for the summer um it was wild like I was like, wow, that was, it was, it was as intense as Stella Adler that summer. Like, um, it was great. I mean, I, I entered the competition really scared. Um, I was like, I kept saying like, I hope we make it past week four, you know, like, because I wasn't sure, like, I'd never put myself in a competitive setting like that. Like, in acting, you go in for auditions, but you don't really know, the outcome. You either know that you got it or you didn't. Um, so you're kind of like mystified by like what's in between. So a drag competition is like, you're really just putting yourself out there to be judged and criticized to your face. So, um, yeah, I went into it just like really hoping to do my best work. Um, and I think I did, but, uh, it was, yeah, it was an experience I'll never forget. It was great. I met a lot of great people. Um, a lot of sisters were born out of that experience and, um, And, like, I I went in mostly just wanting people to know who I am um, because I'm a very, like, tentative person in terms of, like, throwing myself in the ring. So, like, um, it definitely felt like I just kind of wanted to, like, do something and have – and be put on the map a little bit, you know?
0: What was the biggest takeaway you got from Iconic?
1: The biggest takeaway? Um, Hmm. The first thing that's coming to my mind – my mind is that you have to do everything for yourself first, um, even though it is up for you're putting yourself up for judgment. At the end of the day, you have to you have to own and live with um, everything that you do. So you really have to um, behind be behind yourself one hundred percent.
0: Is there a week you wish you could do a redo on?
1: Yes, <laughs> um, I wish I could do a redo on um, decades week because I. I did, a like, 1930s, um, it was a 1930s pansy number, mm-hmm. like pansy performers, um, they were actually, like, the, the first, one of the first, you know, performers of drag in the, the United States, um, uh, I guess in our, in our modern history, um, in the 20s and 30s, and they were, it was actually a huge thing, like, P- New York was, like, there, was called the pansy craze, and people were down in Harlem, or, uh, up in Harlem and down in the village, and, like... Um, it was like a precursor to the ball scene, really. But then when the Hayes Code came in and um and everything became very like conservative, um, it was like pushed further underground and then basically extinct. So, I mean that's a long backstory, but that's kind of what I like wish I could have instilled in the number that was that that sense of history because it meant so much to me. And then for people to not get the number, yeah. it was kind of heartbreaking <laughs> to me. Um so I guess I wish I maybe would have if I had chosen to still do that number found a way to to make it more informative that people would have been entertained but also know what the fuck i'm doing that's fair (laughs) you know what i'm saying
0: so through your time at iconic you developed a close bond with some of your competitors Mm -hmm. turned sisters and collectively created the house of vintage millennials
1: uh i guess so yeah (laughs) tell us about it (laughs) um yeah it was wild um so there's uh aria darche sherry poppins and sissy Walken. um and I think we all just responded to each other's um, sort of wacky sense of drag. And, like, I, I honestly went into the competition thinking I was going to be the, like, odd man out that, like, people like really wouldn't get me and be like, oh, that's cute. And, like, it would all be, like, death dropping and, like, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Yeah. Like, I really thought I was just going to be this, like, loser. <laughs> um, so it was really cool to have, like, a competition where everyone was, like, bringing their best game every week and, like so competitive and really pushing each other to, like, to go there, you know? And, um, and I think there was that, like, sort of, uh, recognition of one another and we all lived so close, so it became very easy on our days off to, like, hang out, meet up for coffee um yeah and a sisterhood was was formed
0: yeah aria dirt has told me that um i have to have the four of you on the podcast and we're going to basically make it like a hot topics episode because <laughs> um, that is exciting and also absolutely terrifying to me because i don't know what would come out of the four of your mouths <laughs> i don't so, either we but, never know, we, <laughs> you know? I, i'm excited that's for what that, makes it so that, exciting to, um, to hang out <laughs> what new york city drag queen that you've yet to work with is on your dream list
1: Ooh, that i've yet to work with um, well, I, I really would love to work with, um, uh, well, Sasha Valor at some point. I mean, who wouldn't want to work with her? Sure. Uh, right? You know, you yeah. Shoot for the stars. International super. Yeah, I guess, uh, should I keep it like, uh, off drag race? But yeah, yeah. So I'll say, yeah, Sasha Valor. Sushi Velvet. Sushi Velvet. <laughs> if you
0: could create any show at any venue, what would it be called and what can we expect to see?
1: If I could create any show at any venue, okay. Um,. What would it be called uh i would love to create oh i mean i would love to create a um a like 20s 30s night like i would love to make a like andy starling's wild party Mm -hmm. where it's like all just very decadent vaudeville burlesque like um and and, and, like ridiculous too but like um i would love to create some sort of like bathtub gin environment um for people to just have fun and maybe like mix that with like a studio 54 kind of night nice that sounds
0: fun so, you are in Astoria queen through and through.
1: Mhm.
0: How would you describe Queens drag and why is it important in the landscape of the entirety of New York nightlife?
1: I would describe Queens drag as very um uh theatrical. Uh it's actually really it's really cool to see Queens developing its own style because I and I really think it's like a bridge between manhattan and brooklyn yeah um literally and uh metaphorically but um it really feels like you can get away with anything here and people will be along for the ride um but it also feels like they enjoy um sort of like quote-unquote classic or like traditional drag but um i think queens is developing its own style of just sort of like fun and um but also like you can be um a little deep as well
0: yeah, there's, 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 it's a free-for-all, mm-hmm. but there's a polish to
1: it. Yeah, definitely. I would say it's the polish of Manhattan with the intellect of Brooklyn.
0: There you go. So we're going to play a game called This or That. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you two options, and you have to tell me which one you prefer. Okay. And like, if you want to give an answer like a, like why, you can, but we're going to go quick. Okay. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. Disney World or Disneyland?
1: <sighs> Ooh disney world
0: country or rock and roll rock and roll oh i was not expecting that one Mm-mm. over the rainbow or under the sea
1: over the rainbow
0: patty lapone or bernadette peters
1: bernadette and i did patty for my snatch game
0: <laughs> <laughs> megan hilty or Catherine mcfee
1: oh i have to give justification there you go What's, what okay about? so this is a controversial opinion <laughs> But uh, I think Catherine McPhee was actually the more Marilyn-like Marilyn. Wow. Um, because Marilyn, every time... And I've actually, like, I'm very... I'm very into Marilyn. Um, everyone... There's, um, a famous drag queen, um... Do you know, um... Uh, oh, fucking hell, I'm blinging on the name. Um, Jimmy James? No, is that his name? Shit. The one that does Marilyn, like, from the ni- or 80s, 90s. Like, beautiful Marilyn impersonator. I think his name's Jimmy James. Um... Uh, but anyway, he said, like, he did, like, two or three years of research on Marilyn. He said everyone that saw Marilyn in person, um, the one word that they all said the same was that she was so cute. Okay. No one said she was sexy, like, she, sultry. She was so cute. And, like, to me, um, Catherine McPhee exuded, exuded that, um, I just said a weird liquid you, like, I'm in a Shakespeare play. Exuded. <laughs> um, exuded, um that like cuteness that's like the sort of sensitivity the norma gene underneath mm-hmm. and i know that was like part of the dynamic of the storytelling was that Catherine was the norma Jean and and ivy was um supposedly the Marilyn. but like i really feel like you have to have the norma gene underneath the surface to like support everything but obviously like megan hiltzy's voice is like out of this world yeah. insane so you know controversial <laughs> all
0: right dc or marvel
1: I'm not a comic book person, oh, okay. so I don't know the difference. So DC, Wait, who tell, tell me who the characters DC are and I'll tell you. DC is
0: Batman, Superman. Okay. Uh, Marvel is like X-Men Avengers.
1: Oh, I'm going to say DC then.
0: Okay, okay. Winter or summer? Summer. American or cheddar? Oh, cheddar. Leather or lace? Leather. Roxy Hart or Val McKelly? Roxy Hart. East Coast or West Coast?
1: I'm really into the West Coast lately. All I've right. never lived there, but I've always been the East Coast girl.
0: Uber or Lyft?
1: Um, Uber, because they're giving me all these deals.
0: Monet Exchange or Trinity the Tuck.
1: <sighs> oh, I'm gonna Monet.
0: Mezzanine or orchestra?
1: Uh, orchestra.
0: Sondheim or Schwartz? Sondheim. Bet or Joan?
1: Oh, Bet or Joan? Um, Bet Davis, Betty Davis, mm-hmm. um, uh, Betty Davis.
0: <laughs> Text or call? text love or money love and there you have it just for that what is missing in the drag scene today
1: Mm, what is missing in the drag scene today i think um i i mean i think it's easy to say community but there is a community i think what's missing really is the you know how a water fountain um supplies itself Like it's uh, Mm -hmm. that cyclical, like pulls its water and then puts it out. I think there is lacking a give and take in the drag community in terms of it's become so competitive. And that's my biggest um, thing about drag is that I never wanted it to be competitive for me. Obviously, I entered a competition, but I really I really feel like we should realign ourselves with a sense of purpose and what we're putting out into the world and what it means to do what we're doing and give it back because it's like, when I think back like 30 years ago, there was obviously a very um, crucial sense of purpose like in terms of what was going on politically and with the AIDS crisis. And now I feel like we've lost our way a bit because we've gotten into this place where we think we're safe and we think that we're just like here to be sickening and and Mm -hmm. like like invincible and we're not. Like we, um, I think now is like, more we need to to band together more into being a community that supports one another and supports art and becomes less about who has more instagram followers likes who's going to get on drag race who's you know like it's at the end of the day that doesn't matter what matters is that we were all there for one another
0: there are so many styles of drag between campy to pageant to dancing to monster the list goes on and sometimes in such a competitive scene, uh, some queens will dismiss others' drag mm-hmm. if it doesn't fall in line with their own. That's correct. Is that fair? And how can we celebrate the idea of all drag matters?
1: Ooh, I think that's a great title for a show, Mister Block.
0: Look at all me coming matters. up with ideas.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think it goes back to what I just said. Like, I I really think that like this competitive mindset has put us into this sort of like tunnel vision. Where we start to become very territorial, we we and I'm I've certainly done it too. Like we we start to um, kind of hold on to like what we know and like and dig our feet in. And I really think we would all benefit from embracing one another's style. And like that's that's what I mean. Is like I want to go to a show, and um, you know obviously there's going to be like subjectivity on like performance and how someone performs and whatnot. But like if something if something doesn't suit your taste, but they're executing it well, I think we should support it. Absolutely.
0: And I mean, I, I like it's fascinating for me to hear people dismiss other mm-hmm. drag in their performance because it doesn't align with them. Right. It's and still that's... legitimate. It's still what they do. It's different from yours. And maybe they're equally as good, but you have to accept what they do. And like for me, hearing people say things and... Watch them be like, no, they're not a good queen because mm-hmm. they're not funny. I'm like, that's not wrong. You're right. Like, you're wrong. You have to be able to say they're not doing what I do, but I have to appreciate what they do.
1: And it's like, I mean, like, literally what you just said to me sounds like what we're all fighting for in the the queer community yeah. is acceptance, even if people don't, um if it doesn't align with their way of life. Mm-hmm. Like, um you don't have to agree with it, but you have to accept it. And, um, and I don't know if embrace is the correct word, but like uh, celebrate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You've collaborated with some incredible artists throughout mm-hmm. your time as drag queen from on the stage, creating looks and tracks who have been some of your favorite collaborators and why is a great collaboration the key to success?
1: Oh, great. Uh, I love that question. Um, I'm, I, I think it's no secret that, um, Jason Vincent helped me a lot during, um, iconic and created some amazing looks for me. Um, that, uh, really is probably my my strongest and uh, most cherished collaboration because um, there was at a point in the competition where I was kind of like um, I could go one of two ways, you know, and I I was like it was like seesawing a little bit, and um, and he and I started working on the Joan of Arc look and um, um, among other things, but it was like. Um, uh, what I really love about working with him is that I have ideas, but I don't want to. I don't want to dictate exactly what I want and have someone make something. Like I don't want them to be like a, uh, a dressmaker. Sure. Like I want them to be a designer, and I want them to have their own um, stamp on it and like be as proud as the look as I am. And um, and I love like being a theater person. Like I love the art of collaboration. Like that to me is what. Is so beautiful about theater is that it's not in a vacuum. You're collaborating with other humans, and you're creating something through communication. And um, so I think that's really to your other question is the biggest uh, importance and why we should collaborate. I think there's this um, mis like uh, this like misperception that like you're supposed to do everything on your own, and especially I think Drag Race is kind of like mm-hmm. especially in the like early stages like that you were supposed to be this like army of one and like be able to be like do hair do makeup do make your own, do own costumes like make yeah. e- do everything and it's like it's that's really not what drag is about drag is a community so it's like um it takes a village to make a great queen so there you go <laughs>
0: well we are gonna play my favorite game it's okay. time for tea time okay we're gonna um i'm gonna give you some names of some of your mm-hmm. sisters your friends collaborators enemies, whatever. We're gonna, I don't have any enemies. You have enemies. <laughs> and you're going to tell me a story, some thoughts, whatever you wanted to say about these people. And we are going to start off with
1: mm-hmm.
0: Nicole Onoscopy.
1: Nicole Anoscopy, winner of Icon Season 1. Um, Nicole, she's incredible. Like, she is literally... She's so tenacious, and it's impressed me how much she's done in a year of doing drag, like... Like, it took me, like, two years to get on a stage because I was so... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like she knows what she wants, and she's amazing. Like, she was fierce competition, and... I don't know. Like, she's so sweet and lovable and... Slay queen.
0: Next is Ducky Shia Boy.
1: <laughs> Ducky. Uh, I love... Like, why are you telling me all these people I love? Um, Ducky Shia Boy... Uh, Ducky, that was my read. That's so creative. <laughs> Ducky, she-a-boy. And then they went, Shabwa! Um, Ducky. Ducky, Ducky. I don't know. That's, that's like literally all I can say. Like, she's so stupid and funny. Yeah. Oh, let me do my impression of Ducky. Yeah. <laughs> so you walk in the bar, and she see, like she's kind of like looking around. She doesn't maybe doesn't see you at first. Then she locks eyes on you, and she goes,
0: Hey, bitch! <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, 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 that's <laughs> it. That is it. Next is Miss Is...
1: Miss Is, um, cutest boy of Iconic, um, or I don't, actually I don't know that Miss Is identifies as, as boys, so I'll say cutest person of Iconic, um, uh, really, like, so genuine, like, won that Miss Congeniality title, like, for a reason, like, really sweet, really supportive, like, whenever we had, um, like, events at Icon that were outside of Iconic, Miss Is was the first person there, yeah. like, to, to take part in, to support, like, what, no matter what it was. And she lives in Brooklyn. She had a really, I think she probably had, excuse me, other than Alora Borealis being transported across two bridges, um, Mrs. probably had one of the most treacherous uh, treks to Icon. So, like, amazing.
0: Next is Alora Borealis.
1: Alora Borealis. Um, also very sweet. Uh, short-lived time. Um, I would have loved to see more from her, uh, and I hope to get to know her more.
0: Next is Allegra White.
1: Allegra White. Oh, I feel bad because I felt like I read. I read Allegra really hard in the in the uh, the Rose Challenge, and then um, and I didn't really know her, and um, then I got to know her better. I was like, "Oh, you're like the sweetest person ever." So now I just look like an asshole, <laughs> and
0: equally as tall as
1: you. <laughs> equally as tall as me. Um, but she got out of it by breaking her toe and wearing a <laughs> boot, so That's she sweet. she looked so like demure next to me.
0: <laughs> next is Celador.
1: Selador, oh, icon of Iconic, like, wow, (laughs) she literally, like, (laughs) she put the biggest stamp on the competition without being there once. It's
0: true, it's true. (laughs) Next we have Pussy Willow.
1: She's a new friend, I've just, I've just gotten to know Pussy, and I really love her, um, and, uh, and she's so sweet and cool, and... Um, we, I did her show just, like, three days ago or four days ago at, um, Albatross, and I told her I had met her, like, a year ago, because she came to one of my open mic gigs, um, very drunk, and then I was like, uh, you sang, you sang a song, I can't remember what it was, she was like, did I sing my man? And I was like, probably. Um, but yeah, she's really funny and, like, um, such a good sister, like, so supportive of everyone.
0: Next is Gloria Swansong.
1: Gloria, um, fellow vintage sister. Um, she, she's actually one of the first, she really inspired me a lot when I was, um, when I was first dabbling in the drag arts in New York City, um, because I had watched her season of So You Think You Can Drag, and that was really the season, her original season, um, that was the season that I saw, um, Gilda in for Mm -hmm. the first time, uh, formerly Beverly Leslie Sills, um, became obsessed with her, yeah, who that, um, but yeah, I was just like, I remember just being, like, enamored with, with Gloria, because she was doing all of these, like, crazy, like, kooky things, like, um, like, fully, like, lip-synced monologues, um, and, um, like, uh, Norma Desmond, and, like, I am my own (laughs) wife at her finale, and, um, but I remember thinking when I saw Gloria, I was, like, head to toe, because I'm, you know, a visual person, so, like, like, I was, I always, like, clock people, like, head to toe in my mind of, like, how they put something together and I was like wow like literally from the detail at the top of her head to the shoes she picked to go with the outfit is like there with intention and um and uh that's 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 my first memory of her just being like everything's like there you know
0: Next we have Gilda Wabbit
1: <laughs> Um I love Gilda Wabbit so much she she actually is one of the reasons that I I started I actually pursuing drag because I went to her, like I just said, I went to her um, season the whole the whole way through. So you think you in drag? I went to the finale of that season in drag as Andy for the first time. It was like three days after the election. Um. So, uh, yeah, put that all. times. Yeah, I was just like, you know, like what? Why not? Like, I'm I'm such a product of conditioning of like our upbringing. I, you and I are like the same age, mm-hmm. so it's like I I think a lot of the queens that are younger that are in their early twenties don't understand that like to have drag be like this right now is yeah. so...
0: It didn't exist. It did not it exist like exist. this, like,
1: even five years ago. And um, and so I kind of, like, had to do a lot of unpacking and a lot of, like, um, the world telling me... Sorry, I don't know how I got on this from Gilda Wabbit, but <laughs> that's what she does. She's, like, a queen for the people. She's political. But, like, yeah, I like I kind of had to, like, be like, um, do what you want, bitch, um, instead of, like, trying to, to be this, like, you know, model minority... Um, and, uh, and Gilda at the, the, um, finale of So You Think You Can Drag came up to me and was like, um, uh, I think you're so great. Like, if you ever want to, to, uh, guess sometime, like, let me know. And I took her up on it several months later, but, um, yeah, I think she's, she was one of the reasons that gave me hope for the community because I was so terrified to put myself out there because I thought it was going to be so, like, scary and she really... Gave me a sense of security and knowing that there are sisters out there. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, speaking of scary, Boudoir LaFleur.
1: Oh my god, she's <laughs> terrible. is she here? Sorry, I just knocked over your sugar daddy road sign. <laughs> in animated. Um, no, Boudoir. Actually I know I I was at Boudoir's inception. I um, uh, is that was that the correct word Sure. Con- conception no inception, I don't know
0: inception the movie yeah yeah,
1: inception <laughs> um no, I mean I know boudoir uh as her her male um uh presenting self from Maurice crisis um I saw her when she used to um, perform with Jessie Luttrell, her quote-unquote best friend, um, in, uh, body up at, uh, the Triad Theater, um, but, like, Boudoir is one of the fucking coolest people you will ever have the pleasure to meet, um, she gave me one of my first opportunities in drag, she, her first Dining with the Divas show on Fire Island, she put me in it, um, uh, I saw her Dining with the Divas that she premiered in on Fire Island with Lindsay K um we were front row to see her gypsy like i can i will do her gypsy mix for you sometime because i've seen it 200 times but um honestly like one of the sweetest hardest working people um and i really admire how she doesn't let people get to her like i want to be boudoir when i grow up
0: someone who's not a drag queen but someone you know well diana DeGarmo.
1: diana oh my gosh um (laughs) whoa Uh, uh, like, just as sweet as, uh, if not sweeter than boudoir, um, I met Diana, uh, 2006, what is that, 13 years ago? We were all very, she was 19 and Mm -hmm. I was 21, um, oh god, I just, like, gave my, you can do the math now, um, uh, but I was doing a production of The Wild Party, um, in, uh, in Florida and my now a really great friend of mine Michelle Dowdy, was doing hair she was the standby for Tracy and Hairspray on the Broadway and Diana was um, uh, Penny and they became fast friends and so I was doing this production in Florida and on um, on uh, dark days um, on Mondays Michelle was coming down to be put into rehearsals um, she, she played May and I played Eddie and, um, and she was like learning everything. And then, um, Diana, like just randomly was like, oh, I have like vacation. I want to go to Disney World. The last time I went to Disney World was with Diana. Um, it was a lo- long time ago. Um, and, uh, and she was like, I have vacation days, so I'll just come down. And, and Michelle was like, hey, do you want a cameo in like, in the wild party as the neighbor? <laughs> There's like, if you don't, it's Andrew as wild party. There's like a five minute, like like, the neighbor comes in and is like, hey, cut it out, you know? Um, and, um, and so Diana, it was, like, all of a sudden featuring Diana DeGarmo um, uh, as the neighbor in the Wild Party, and um, and she uh, she did that, like, little stint. Um, I think she got, like, a... Oh, um, never mind. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that. Um, so she did that little stint, and... Uh, and... Um, Yeah, we became fast friends and uh, went to Disney World after the the production closed. It was really cool. Um, And then just uh, stayed in touch all these years. And like two, I think a year and a half or so, two years ago, when she's working on her new album called Gemini um, that she's just been um, producing, I I styled her for a big photo shoot that she's been using as like promotional images. So yeah, anyway.
0: (laughs) Next we have Chandelier.
1: Chandelier period. Um, another badass bitch, like, um, just as equally badass as Boudoir, um, Shandy is really cool, um, I've gotten to know her better, f- um, through Heidi and, like, hanging out, um, oh, <laughs> for season 10 of Drag Race, I was going to Shand- Chandelier's um, uh, viewing party at, um, Townhouse, mm-hmm. because no one, well, I don't want to say no one's there, people were there, but I was going, um, but Shandy was just, like, she was bartending, um, and, uh, in drag, and, like, you know, pressing the mute button, and I was, like, front and center at, like, I, when I view drag race children, I don't want anyone in front of me. I like a seat beneath me. Um, I like a clear view of the TV, and I don't know if they're still doing it at townhouse, but there is a room downstairs. Townhouse used to be a, um, a, uh, funeral home.
0: Oh, oh, of course.
1: Um, There's so, like... Way. When you go down, for, allegedly, when you go down into this, like, lounge area in the bottom, it's, like, the embalming room. Oh, God. Um, but now it's, like, there's, like, TVs on the wall. There's um, club chairs scattered around. I don't like this. And I comfortably watched season 10 of Drag Race <laughs> in the um, basement of Townhouse with and chandelier with probably behind. Probably with a lot of ghosts. Probably with a lot of goat. Well, I mean, have you been upstairs? Um, no, I. but I. Townhouse is one of my, like you know like secret treasures that i like to go off to like on you know like because like i know people there but i don't see people that i see anywhere else you know what i'm saying um but uh so that's that's my chandelier story apparently um oh if you ever get the chance to see chandelier to um gummy bears
0: Uh uh-huh it's so great
1: um that is her in my opinion iconic number um she probably hate me for saying that cuz she gets mad every time I say it. And I'm like gummy bears. Um but I wish I could do that number be just seeing her do it. It's like one of those things that you wish you could just steal from yeah. someone. Yeah.
0: Next we have Miss Sissy Walkin.
1: Sissy that walkin. Um hey bitch, it's Sissy. <laughs> um she's wild. She is nuts. She's from New Jersey and she is not afraid to let you know it. Um and you're from New Jersey too, right? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> true. Um Miss Sissy Walkin. Just so sweet, so creative. Um, I like, you know, she's a rambunctious little Spitfire, and uh, whether you like it or not, so
0: next we have Sherry Poppins.
1: Sherry Poppins, um, really sweet, too. I was really intimidated by Sherry when I first met her because she, I told her this too. I was like, she just exudes this like confident sexuality, which is like. Not what I exude. Um, and um, and she moved to... Um, she moved to Astoria from Brooklyn. It was just so, like, head bitch in charge when she moved here. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Are you dirty? Well, <laughs> I mean, total, total disappointment to the House of Vintage Millennials. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm just kidding. Um, no, she is... Um, I actually... She is one of the truest friends that I've had in a very long time. Oh, oh I'm going to get emotional. Um, she really, like... You know how you you meet people that you... You have friends, and... Um, but then you meet someone, and you feel like they see you? Like, Arya is that for me. Um, she... Whew, oh, my gosh. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I just have such fond affection for her, and... Um, she's become such a true sister and, like, and it's really... And a true sister in the sense of, like, tells you things that you don't want to hear also. And, um, uh, I'm so proud of her in the last couple months because she's worked so hard for her drag career and, like, and competed in literally everything around town and, like, like um, spends more time in drag than not. Like, uh, but just, um... And she's one of the first people I saw, too, that, like told me it was okay to do things that were out of the box. And, um, uh, and th- like, I, she remembers this conversation. I went back, it was after one of the shows she was doing with Gilda. Um, I went back and I was just like, wow, I like, I, it's so admire how connected you are to your material. And like, I struggle, I said, I struggle with that because I'm in, for the first cu- like couple months of me doing drag, I felt like I was always watching myself and like, um, and like I was having a disconnect between like fully embodying because I, I was kind of always like taking the temperature like people liked it or not, you know? Excuse me. And um and Arya totally like doesn't give a shit if you like it or not, you know, like she and I think that's what art is, you know, like I think I think there is definitely um you know, like you you have to like um be aware of like how um, people are are receiving your art but you also have to not give a shit yeah and um and that's like my biggest takeaway from aria is that she's so um focused on being who she is and um and telling you
0: look at aria getting someone emotional it's not the, i know throwing a shot glass at
1: them <laughs> she threw a shot glass at someone yes oh <laughs> Arya, um, we're gonna talk about that later sis
0: um next and last finally Heidi. ho
1: Oh, Heidi. <laughs> um another weirdo that I saw in uh Say so You Thinking and Drag. Like I saw Heidi in her first season when she was um um she had like a wrecking ball between her legs and she was in like Heidi Austrian geish Um and just like so kooky and um and she actually is um friends with Well, her boyfriend, um, Scott, also went to Florida State. And we know a lot of the same people, but we didn't know each other at Florida State. And um, he was in the dance department. I was in theater. And, like, we have a mutual friend, Elliot. So it was, like, this weird, like, oh, like, um, we basically know each other through all of our friends. And I got to really know Heidi as a person. Um, I guess it was the summer of 2017 at our friend Elliot. He has like he had like a karaoke um, party in one of those private big rooms in like Koreatown. Um, and those um, best. yeah and um, and Heidi was uh, I really met her as a boy um, uh, as Kyler and uh, we were just like she's so not like I, I I have this like preconceived notion I guess that like every drag queen is mean. <laughs> Until like proven night you know, yeah. like where I'm like scared of everyone until I see I meet them as a person. Um and uh yeah, like she's just become really like uh in some way like obviously through the competition, like a mentor, but like also a sister, a friend. Um I would go often on um Shandy's days at town or townhouse uh duplex. Um from townhouse to duplex, uh you know, like uh where Shandy was upstairs and like Heidi Ten's bar as a boy on on Monday nights and just like mentorships happened there a lot. Um, and she's, what I really um, admire about Heidi is like her, she has such a uh, a specific style of how she mixes music and, and tonality. And that's what I really love seeing in Queens is that you can really get a sense of their style by how the choices they make when they put to, uh, if like based on the material they perform, but if they mix things together, like the, you can see their sense of humor
0: Absolutely. She's fabulous. hmm Well, you mentioned karaoke. What is your go-to karaoke song?
1: <laughs> oh, um... For... For a long time, I did Ring of Fire.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Because, um... um it, get, it got me that heteronormative validation that we all seek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what did I... When I would go to, um... When I would go to... Pieces... Oh for karaoke. What did I... Oh, I used to do... There was a, a, a time where I was doing We Are Young by Fun a lot. Okay. Um, which is a really hard song yes, to sing. Is. And it's also like, I was much more... My voice was much more agile a couple of years ago to like employ my falsetto and now it's becoming... Um, I'm getting into the Mariah stages of my career. Oh, no. no. Um, what, but technical difficulties? Te- a lot of technical difficulties. Okay. Um, like, I just turned the mic off at some points, and I'm like, this mic isn't working. <laughs> it's... Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think a better question is, what's my piano bar go-to song? Um, because I, uh, you'll see me at a lot of those. Um, so there was a, a period of time for, like, a year or so where I was singing Sherry from the Jersey Boys a lot. Oh, interesting. Um, and that became, like, a thing where people were like, do the bar- it, do it.
0: baritone Sherry.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of, um, you know, like, a lot of people with lower ranges have very clear falsettos. It's actually harder for tenors to... to because it's yeah. ten- they're like Close. break, yeah. Um, so, uh, so I was doing sherry a lot, and I think that's what blew out my voice to do things like "We Are Young."
0: <laughs> what classic films must must every good gay watch?
1: Oh well, um, so you, if you didn't know this, The Wizard of Oz needs to actually be playing while you are being birthed. Oh, um, okay, okay. So okay. you better get on that if that didn't happen. Um, well, obviously, I mean, The Wizard of Oz, like as like aside from gay, needs to be. Because it's, I, I saw like a fact that it's literally referenced at least one time a day in popular culture. Interesting. Um, there's some line, some, some something that is referenced. in, And if you think about it, there are a lot of movies, books, plays, whatever, that um, do reference it or say like a line from it. So you have to see Wizard of Oz, um, first of all. Um, you have to see All About Eve, um, because that is also um, ranked one of the wittiest screenplays of all time. Um, what else do you have to see? I mean, Mommy Dearest, obviously. Um, uh, I would say, in terms of, well, the question is, like, what all good gays have to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think those are three good places to start. start see a lot of John Waters. Um, see, um, I mean, obviously see the, like, drag movies from the 90s. To Wong Fu. Oh, see Paris is Burning, because if you want to be on drag... Okay, here's the thing. If you want to be on Drag Race, Paris is Burning is what rupaul bases a lot of drag race around so if you don't know all of those references opulence? opulence like it's like going to the show and not knowing how to sew like no rupaul's references honestly yeah. <laughs> um but yeah
0: if you were to pick one new york city drag queen to be your partner on the amazing race who would it be
1: <laughs> um oh controversial duo um i would either pick aria or i would pick nicole
0: Wow, there you go.
1: colonoscopy. Ah, that
0: that would be good TV.
1: That would be good TV, but she also, um, she, um, knows how to, like, like, well, obviously she knows how to succeed, but she knows how to, like, do what they're looking for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like.
0: Wow. right, All right. We're going to move into the top, the pop five rapid fire. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you five pop culture-y things, and you're going to give me a word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about, about it. Ready? Okay. First up is Fosse Verdon.
1: Oh, um, I'm excited. Yeah? Yeah. I know that you're... Were you the one that was like...
0: I'm very scared about it, but I'm very, very scared. scared. I it's think like, it's I, cool. I'm a Fosse fanatic. Yeah. Um, Sam Rockwell, interesting that. choice. Um, That's Michelle, right. We were talking Michelle about Williams, it. Michelle Williams, I'm terrified about. If she can't fucking dance and right. nail Gwen Verdon That's and that true. voice, it's going to be That's bad. That's true. But I, I'm optimistic. Yeah.
1: I still do kind of wish I did Richmond's Fruit for Broadway Week. Well, now after I learned that you were a big Fossey fan, a die-hard. Next is Beetlejuice the musical. Um, eh, okay, cool.
0: No, not excited.
1: Oh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I. It's one. It's funny. I never um form, had to form an opinion about it until you just asked me. Like I kept seeing it, like stuff scrolling my my Instagram happening? and stuff, and I'm like, it's like those things where you're like, oh yeah, sure, of course that's happening. You're know, like, you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: Next is Baby Shark.
1: Um, all I know is that you like it.
0: I don't like it. I love it. You
1: love it. Can you sing a little of it for me? No. Okay. <laughs> Although, should I learn it for you and put it um, in something?
0: Maybe. I mean, I, I I think every drag queen should do Baby Shark.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I saw I, someone Marty. Uh, yes. Just
0: went viral doing Baby doing Shark. Doing it for a child, and it right? Proves that Baby Shark is important to our livelihoods. Okay. So Baby Shark, I will do, learn it. Do to do. do, do, do. next is the college cheating scandal the what the college cheating scandal the Lori laughlin felicity huffman drama
1: oh i don't know this oh what is this
0: they were both arrested among uh, other people because they basically paid to have people have take their um daughters sats and get them into colleges (sighs) and all that shit
1: Oh, yeah, it's no. not good. No, that's not. And good. then the guy <laughs> who did
0: it um, created a fake charity and funneled all that money through it. And yeah,
1: people are wild, Michael.
0: The privileged,
1: they're they're just. As, as I spoke, it's not as just as I, the privileged. As
0: I said to my mom, I said these people have enough money. Clearly, why can't they just go to the school that they want their child to go to and yeah. be like, "I will buy a wing to your library."
1: That's true. Yeah, do it the old fashioned way, nepotism.
0: Yes. But alas, this is what happened. Yeah. Alright, and last but not least, the Game of Thrones final season. Yeah. You're not a Game of Thrones fan? I, I don't watch it. Wow, The only thing I
1: know is the um, shame bell. Who what? The shame bell. Oh, shame. shame. Like, um, I downloaded that app after someone showed me on a, a train to Fire Island, the, like, scene. Uh-huh. Where so, you just can, like, ring it so and, like, shame. So <laughs> basically, you just press shame yeah.
0: while you're at Fire Island after seeing everyone and their nightcaps.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: well... I have a question from mm. my previous guest. The question is from Pussy Willow.
1: I listened to her episode, so I actually know the question.
0: I apologize in advance. Uh-huh. Um, of all the New York drag queens, who do you want to Kai Kai with?
1: Mm. You know what? Let's, um, let's just break down all barriers. Mass orgy.
0: Mass orgy Kai yeah. Kai! <laughs> there you go. Where are we doing it?
1: Um, Icon, duh. Oh god. <laughs> oh no. Um, Has that um, seen too many watches? Um, no, ah, but I'm no, sh- that's, that's
0: fine. Let's just make sure it's after the finale. Oh, okay. Because the cleaning. Let's is do it be- in
1: like Union Square. Okay. There you yeah, go. yeah there you go it's like, a like with the harry krishna Pro- people yeah, like it'll be like right. um hair too
0: yeah <laughs> well we are introducing a brand new segment to the podcast called the fan corner and um we'll see if i like i think i have to introduce this a little earlier when i know my guests and everything so we have more questions but i have a couple two questions for mm-hmm. you this first question is from coco taylor <gasps> coco what dead hollywood starlet would you bring back to life
1: what dead hollywood starlet Um, oh, oh, gosh, um, I'll tell you the, the top three that came to my mind, well, Candy Darling, of course, mm-hmm. um, I really would have loved to see what would have become of, of Marilyn, um, and, um, Jean Harlow, because okay. she died very young too, she died at 26. All right,
0: yeah, this next question, I'm going to keep as anonymous, um, oh. but, this question is, who are you rooting for in Iconic Season 2?
1: <gasps> oh, bitch. I have to pick. Oh, is that one from Patsy? I'm not saying <laughs> You're not wrong. saying. Um, I'm, I'll take the diplomatic answer. I'm rooting for the best queen to win. No. There you go. Yeah, there you go. All right, so <laughs> now you
0: had a couple minutes to think. Now it's your turn to ask the question for my next guest.
1: For your next guest. Um, okay, so let's see. What ooh what um movie would you say has the biggest influence on your drag?
0: Oh I like that. I dig it. Well if you've gotten this far on the podcast, use hashtag Andy Starling. There you go. Where can we find you on social media?
1: Yes, you can find me on um Instagram at superb starling. That's S-U-P-E-R-B, S-T-A-R-L-N-G um you can find me on the facebook at andy starling you can find me on venmo at tip andy that was uh, stolen from i i feel obligated to say this every time it's uh stolen from aria and um we'll just give her venmo app yeah so yeah, people can... yeah i'll give her a commission on it um but it's uh yeah tip andy because um i think superb starling was a little too hard for people to find on venmo and they're drunk
0: and then tip aria
1: so. and tip aria
0: well this was a pleasure let's Thank go do you, some uh, jameson shots okay
1: let's do it
0: The biggest thanks to Andy for coming on. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterinthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block and that was Block Talk.